1: We have full safety orchestration there. Um, so yes, we are we are that layer that marshals all of the in-app events, the behaviors, the button taps, the campaign opens, the push opens, the in-app messages, the beacon and geo-events events, and we bring it all in and we figure out what to do but in real time, we segment it, we make sense of it, and then when there's a campaign attachment and automation, we do the job of delivering the right message at the right time. While we're seeing a lot of, it's a big world out there, we're, we're seeing strong customer sign I mean, it could be, it should probably be 10 times what we're getting, Um, and one of the reasons for that is I think companies still value their app very low on their list of priority, and much to their detriment. You know, we talk about mobile first companies, or mobile A companies, these are the ones, the disruptors, the Ubers, the Halos, if you're in Europe, the Tinders, the Deliveroo's, all of these apps, they're disrupting and they're killing existing business models, and we get the buying group all around this pain point a problem, they know they need to solve it, and they understand that the pain of the same is so much greater than the pain of change, and the cost of their current behavior and how it's killing them, and what the potential is up here, I think when they start to understand that, they'll act. And then they bring in, they spend millions instead of thousands on redefining their products and bringing in the right type of product developers and innovation managers to actually make this stuff happen.
2: You're listening to The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Beepa System with Steve Statler.
0: Welcome to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Beaker System. My name is Steve Statler of Statler Consulting and this is our podcast for solution designers or architects, if you want to fancier title, um, and entrepreneurs who are location aware and um, for the third time ever, record breaking, we've never had uh, someone back three times, Patrick Letty, CEO of pulse welcome back.
1: Thank you for having me back again, Steve. It was a pleasure to be back on the show.
0: Yeah, very good. Um, and uh, we, we've uh, done over 20 shows now. And uh, actually, I think you're the first person to come back, period. Although we do have Cisco coming back. And in the new year, uh, I've been promised that we're going to get another Google interview. So that should be really looking forward to, to both of the, those because they're doing some interesting stuff. But enough about them. Let's talk about you. Uh, tell us, um, who are Pulsate 8? And, and we've known each other for for a couple of years now, and it's been fascinating to see you evolve. So I'd love to hear some of your lessons learned if we have time, but just give us the elevator pitch on Pulsate.
1: Absolutely, thank you, Steve, for the introduction. So Pulsate is essentially an all-in-one piece of mobile marketing software um, for apps and their locations. So initially, and we built out some of the things around push notifications and in-app messages and tools to be able to talk uh, to and from customers in your app, but originally where we started was we wanted to get very accurate, very um, contextual location-based information on where customers were, and we wanted to be able to notify app owners when these customers showed up for you in the physical world so that you could you, know, you could track that they were there, but also that you could take action. You could attract them to your business. You could inspire them then once they came indoors to actually take action, to buy that product, to increase their basket size, and to do things uh, like that. And We did that initially with beacons. Uh, which we all know about and then eventually we expanded the geofences from a macro location standpoint to get people in and then using the beacons with CRM data and with other contexts to figure out what is the best message to put in front of customers what would they like to see from us so that's very much where Pulsate grew from and before Pulsate we were actually an app development agency uh, going all the way back to 2008 the beginning of the app gold rush we founded a company called Furious uh, Tribe And Essentially, we set about building apps for some of the biggest and most demanding companies in the world. I was in um, Kuala Lumpur, in Malaysia, building the first, uh, one of the first ever geofencing solutions on on, on iOS. This is back in uh, very late 2008, and it didn't work very well, uh, mainly because the APIs didn't exist. We had to build all of our own functionality, and also the radios on the device weren't that accurate. But we were very early to the game. We learned a lot from this. And we, we built custom projects for companies across the world and we could see commonality between the things they needed and also the lack of a solution on the market or the gap in the market for us to come in with something and to productize that knowledge and to, uh, to move forward. And the idea for PulseApe was born. We're about three years in. We're about 30 people and we've raised about three million in funding. So the theme there is definitely uh, in threes. Um, and we're having a lot of fun and we built out a, a great product a great company, and we've had companies the world over in implementing our SDK in their app to improve uh, engagement, to improve conversations and that based on the customer's location and based on the customer's context. So that was a little bit more of an elevator pitch, but it is a complex product to describe and that's...
0: Yeah, and no, uh, it's a great to get the, the story, the uh, Furious Tribe, uh, from consulting to product, which seems to be just a great, you know, template for entrepreneurs who can, they can kind of cast your net. Solve problems for people, and then get something that's repeatable, and get that uh, more annuity revenue from products and subscriptions. So, so, do people buy your product, or is it a subscription?
1: It's mainly a subscription. It's not necessarily like a box piece of software that we shrink wrap and we put on pallets and we send it off to people. It is like kind of like enterprise SaaS. So, we provide a, a plugin for apps, and then we charge basically, you know, on a monthly basis for people that like rent space on our software. Cloud for for, for, for Pulse 8, and, and description-based.
0: No one likes to be labeled, but the label that I would use to describe you is an orchestration platform. So you kind of take out this chaos of inputs from sensors and APIs, and you kind of bring order and establish context and give insight into who the heck is it that is using my app, and then you give tools for marketeers to... Uh, actually drive campaigns and that sort of thing. How has your product evolved? I know it, it seems to be a lot more modular. There's a lot of modules on your website. Can you kind of tell us the story of that? What are some of the, the key modules that people use and how did you get to breaking it up the
1: way you have? Absolutely, absolutely. First of all, I love that label, the orchestration layer. You actually coined that originally, um, Steve, so thank you for that. We now use it in sales pitches. We talk about the safety orchestration layer. Um, so yes, we are we are that layer that marshals all of the in-app events, the behaviors, the button taps, the campaign opens, the push opens, the in-app messages, the beacon and geofence events, and we bring it all in and we figure out what to do with it in real time, we segment it, we make sense of it, and then when there's campaign attachments and automations, we do the job of delivering the right message at the right time. So Pultake started off as one big product. It was difficult to understand what it was. It was even difficult to buy it. And that's what we've done as we've added more functionality to Pulsate and as we've evolved, we've decided to split Pulsate out into its six core product groups. So we have Pulsate uh, Engage, we have Pulsate Converse, Pulsate Locate. The first three products are our flagship products. So Engage is mobile marketing, Locate as the name, suggests is beacons and geofences, and Converse is about being able to talk. It's kind of like live chat for mobile apps. We also have analytics products. Um, which is probably a very new full-day product. And then we have Connect, which is about data pipelining, and we also have Predict. These last two products are in beta, and we're bringing them commercially into production uh, next year at some stage, I think probably by quarter two. We're fully uh, unveiling those, and that's what we've done. we we basically using the jobs-to-be-done framework, which I think we talked about um, a couple of episodes ago. And what we've done is we researched not only what the consumers want, what do businesses think about when they buy mobile marketing automation software? They think in terms of the hire. I want to hire a piece of software so I can talk to my users, there we call it Converse. I want to hire a piece of software to locate my customers, so we actually call it Locate. Every Pulse product is named after an action verb. And critically, people can purchase these products independently, they can be used collectively as a suite, they integrate together beautifully, you know, add your geofences and locate trigger them and engage for communication. Now, you could just use Locate by itself if you want. So you can buy the Locate SDK, you can do your geofences and beacons, and then you might do your push with somebody else, or you may do it in-house. And we want you to be able to do that and deploy these discrete product compo- components based on the jobs that you need to get done in your own business. So that's the reason for taking Pulse Aid and blocking it out of these different components. Uh,
0: and what are you seeing in terms of the The uh, conversion rate on those different modules, where is the market at where where do people what, what is it that people want to do today?
1: So people love our engaged product because it is kind of like that foundational product and um, it's the most tangible that it does things and interacts with customers. After that the, the standard product is of course locate. so that's the thing that people come to us and, and that really we have very unique capabilities um with Locate. there's geofencing. And then there's really good, accurate, reliable, robust background geofencing with incredible accuracy. Um, There's companies that offer both of these things. So we're able to usually demonstrate a big uh, point of difference between how our competitors approach this and and their view of the world and ours. So when we put that out to market and we develop, of course, a lot of content around this and we've been out teaching our competitors, I believe, um, that's one of the reasons why Pulse Aid, Locate is a very strong entry-level product for people. Uh, I think Engage will always be your foundation, but then Locate is a very close second to uh, Engage. People are hiring Pulse 8. You know what? Some people might be looking at another Pulse Aid competitor, let's say, for the engagement stuff. But then when they see how powerful and differentiated the Locate stuff is, it can be the thing that makes us stand out compared to others that they're looking at. So for us, it's a very powerful uh, part of the
0: process. Uh, a side question: Kind of, where are you in this cycle of fundraising? You you raised. Have you one? So you had basically self-funded at the start, and then went out and did an initial. Would you describe it as a seed round or an A round? Yeah, How did we, you raise money? I, I guess. What are your plans we, in the future?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we, 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 we self-funded the company for the first um, kind of prototyping phase. We put in a half a million from our previous agency. And it was everything that we had. Uh, we really believed in what we were doing. Uh, we raised, our first raise was, uh, we raised a good bit over a million dollars. Uh, that came in from PayPal in California and then Dunhungi, which are one of the leading customer science uh, companies in the world. They were very interested in, in, in what we were doing and we continued to work with them with their clients and various projects uh, i can't discuss some of that today but maybe on a future episode we'll, we'll have some case studies to talk about um, and then we did another round actually just this summer uh, which brought our funding to about three three million dollars in in, in in total so our customer traction and revenue is quite strong so for now i think we're pretty good uh we'll probably look at some stage next year of going again but generally we don't talk too much about the kind of the next day for a raise or how much we're looking to raise but we're continuing to you know forecast for very ambitious growth plans for the company and we do need to put in a great deal of infrastructure to facilitate the strong demand that we're seeing we're seeing a lot of signups and we are a small team as i mentioned there's about 30 people in the company we plan to be probably i'd say about 60 people by june or july uh, of, of next year so you can see that growth is quite strong Um, We could do that organically if we wanted, but I just think there's a lot of market opportunity out there. So I I see Pulse going again and and probably again for for fundraising in terms of the exact amount. And when, your guess might be as good as mine for now, but we continue to explore all interesting options for growing and accelerating the company out.
0: So what is your assessment of the market? Because this is one of the most interesting questions for me is getting a sense from CEOs of companies that we Interview about where we are on Jeffrey Moore's crossing the chasm. Are we in the chasm? And you know, where's where's the money and when's it gonna come?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. How do I answer that? Um, so yeah, I think we all got very excited when I think the like, beacons came out and there were these new sexy devices And I think we we're predicting that there was gonna be millions billions of these devices maybe even around the world And I think we've fallen off one side of the chasm and we've fallen into the the river at the bottom and we're kind of clawing our way up the other side of the the cliff to to cross it. That's actually kind of what's happened. So, well, with beacons anyway, it has not been like this breakout, um, amazing success that everyone has hoped for. Um, People are kind of like the, the kind of the, the honeymoon period, I think, is wearing off. and People are saying, you know, well, what, what are these things actually useful for? and Why are we, what are we going to do with them? And hard questions are being asked around the ROI, around their deployment. So when I think of uh, the market, I still think leaving, you know, beacons, which usually, usually require an app as a prerequisite, um, leaving beacons and geofencing as an aside, while we're seeing a lot of, it's a big world out there, we're, we're seeing strong customer sign up. I mean, it, could be, it should probably be 10 times what we're getting. Um, and one of the reasons for that is I think companies still value their app very low on their list of priority and much to their detriment. You know, we talk about mobile first companies or mobile A companies, these are the ones, the disruptors, the Ubers, the Halos, if you're in Europe, the Tinders, the Deliveroos, all of these apps, they're disrupting and they're killing existing business models. But then you have like more traditional companies And they developed, like, the token app because their CEO wanted to get an app. And they haven't really dug into this enough. They haven't invested in it. They can't deploy their software fast enough. They don't develop apps that are in line with what customers need. But if they did, if they did actually place attention and value on this, I think they could build incredible businesses and bring and and contribute to their bottom line. So, basically, what I'm saying is a lot of companies out there are still mobile, traditional companies, it from, we're mobile Z. They need to be mobile and they need to flip it around. So anything
0: held back because developing apps is kind of challenging. It's it's difficult and maybe the CIO ticked the box and said, hey, we've got an app. And so the CEO can't keep on saying, when are you going to get an app? Is that what is holding the market back? Just the, the, the challenge of successfully developing apps?
1: I think so of of undervaluing it. I think everyone's undervaluing the latent potential in it. Um, I just don't think they see it as a thing that could potentially generate them tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars. They're just like, that's an app. It's this this little tinchy thing. We got one done like a year ago. Didn't do anything for us. We're not investing in that again. You know, and that's a really defeatist attitude. I think companies need to get really serious about the potential here, about the shift this technology and platform and the raw potential and to become serious about it they need to rally the troops they need to get group consensus and engage in what we call collective learning around what the problem is because usually there's dysfunction in these buying groups and these companies they have different divergent mental models they come to try and discuss something but they're all coming from these different points of view and they don't really agree on much usually they agree on reducing risk reducing costs minimizing disruption to the business where really they need leadership to try and bring them together and form a group collective mental model and a kind of a all rally around a problem that's really worth solving for the company and their customers uh, by extension. And when we do this, I think mobile might come into focus more and then by extension geo still comes into uh, focus more, especially for these traditional businesses, which have some brick and mortar component, right? So. Um, it needs to become more in focus. And when it's really more in focus, and we get the buying group all around this pain point or problem, they know they need to solve it. And they understand that the pain the same is so much greater than the pain of change and the cost of their current behavior and how it's killing them and what the potential is, is up here. I think when they start to understand that, they'll act, and then they bring in, they spend millions instead of thousands on redefining their products and bringing in the right type of product developers and innovation managers to actually make this stuff happen. And not just about the, the token app like they did two years ago and it like didn't work for them. So you know what, mobile doesn't work.
0: So, so who's doing a good job? Uh, so we, I, I, I recognize that um, malaise that you describe and some of the dysfunctionality. What, what have you seen in the market that will give us a bit of hope about who's doing it right?
1: Absolutely. I mean there's some department stores and um, that come to mind, so like Selfridges in the UK, Brent Thomas as well, which is another brand they own. They're doing combining location-based data with CRM data, real-time transactions and weather data to personalize notifications as you're walking by to do product notifications when you're inside the store. Another great example is Metro in, in Canada, and um, they're serving that up inside your app, the latest deal, based on um, the store that you are in. Um, and that's, that's another really good example, example of a of a shopping app. We're also working with some fuel retailers that based on certain treats and rewards and random acts of kindness that they give you, they'll remind you to redeem them when you're in the physical locations. So you're mo- more and more inclined to actually go there to redeem that free car wash or coffee, and then you'll refuel re- up while, while you're there. But um, um, I'd actually, I'd, I'd love to spend some time and maybe go over, you know, one, one or two, two use cases, cases and, and, and do like, like a real, real deep dive on exactly how has some done. of the, you know, some companies have developed their mobile North Star. How they found it, and all the things that are that are working for them, uh, and really dig in. So maybe we can do. You'll have me back on the show a fourth time. Yeah, fourth time. Really put level. that
0: distance between you and uh, and Cisco and Google. Very good. Uh, okay, Patrick. So so uh, interesting to talk with you. Thanks very much for your time.
1: It's been great to chat. Thanks, Steve, and thanks guys again for for tuning in to uh, my third time on the show. And um, talk to you soon. Take care. Thank Cheers. you.